Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Give us a call. Tech Talk underway. 651-989-9226. Again, 651-989-9226. That's the metro area number. Or 866-989-9226. 866-989-9226. That's the toll-free line. Doug will pick up the tab. Or you can text us if you're a little bashful. 81807. 81807. Keep it clean. We'll repeat it. How you doing, Doug? Absolutely wonderful. You know, we had a busy week this week with the Google Docs thing, huh? Boy, we sure did. The, the minute I saw this, and I actually got two of these emails, one, in my, one, one came to my CBS account, one to my Gmail account, and I thought, hmm, I've got Tech Talk this week with Doug. We're going to get to the bottom of this. So uh, give us your takeaways and, and the quick response by Google. Well, you know, when we first, I get the news in on my computer, and when something is this massive, it beeps and blows. And first thing I saw was massive Google hack, and I went, no way. And I started to look, and all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute now. Google Docs was not really hacked. An account was set up, and that's the part that's really tricky, is how they set up this account without actually verifying with a valid email. That's the part that I'm having trouble understanding and haven't gotten a whole lot of information up. But what they did was they put a doc in their Google Docs and sent a link to, and I really thought this was interesting, they first targeted journalists. Their second massive target was anybody in education. And I think that their thinking here was, well, if the email came from a teacher, then it must be good. And how this thing worked is when you opened up the doc, you would actually initialize malware from that link. It would scan all your contacts and immediately start sending an email out from you. So this particular phishing objective was very successful. Talking about massive, everything's at, oh, massive attack, massive attack, massive attack. Yes and no. Google found out about this within an hour of its inception and 15 minutes later had the whole thing almost completely, well, it was contained. It wasn't shut down yet, but it was contained, so it wasn't spreading. At that point, 0.1% of Google users had been contacted. And that seems like a small number, but let's keep in mind that there are over a billion Gmail users. So this was in excess of a million people in less than an hour. Yeah. So I guess I guess the word massive is okay. Yeah, it's it's all in the context and uh, with uh, which you want to use it, but but th- this was uh it was a it was a spark that almost turned into a forest fire, but Google got the you know, was able to douse it. And what's interesting, you talked about the educators and the journalists. One of the emails I got to my Gmail account was from a teacher of one of my kids. And and within a couple of hours, I have three kids in the Anoka Hennepin district. They sent out an email blast to all the parents right. saying suspicious emails have gone out, and I think this went uh, out across the nation or around the globe, really. And and so I, I guess we have to credit Google with with a quick response. We right? do, we absolutely do. Uh, I yeah, you know, I have always been a huge pro- 
proponent of Google and Google Docs and Google Apps. Uh, you, you just can't do any better, especially for an individual or a small to medium-sized business. And, of course, if you're a nonprofit, you get the whole ball of wax from, from Google for free. Educators get it for free. They're really going the extra mile here. And as you probably can be aware of the Internet, the rumor mill is churning. There are people saying they're claiming it was Microsoft trying to give Google a black eye. I'm not buying that for one second. Another one that came out across Twitter, which I found was really interesting, they decided that a guy named Petrov was the initiator of this thing, and they set out and they said, well, look, it was just an experiment from Coventry College in the U.K., <laughs> and just it just went wild and it wasn't supposed to. Well, there's no such guy at Coventry College. So the rumor thing I think is going to be real interesting to watch the next couple of weeks. Main thing is, is – Gmail and Google and all of the administrators are telling people, if you get an email that's allowing to share a doc with you, just make certain you take a look at where it's coming from. It didn't get spread. And even if you're not sure, you can always send those people an email. Did you send me a link to a doc? Most people today, if they're sending something to somebody they know, they'll do a copy and a paste and paste it right in their email. The Gmail servers can clean that and always will. But if you're linking to another doc that has a link inside of it, that's where this thing can take off and get crazy. The sophistication level of this particular phishing exercise, in my opinion, was absolutely phenomenal. Somebody put a lot of thought into this. A lot of thought. And then they were actually smart enough to say, okay, who are we going to target first? Well, let's see. If we go after the journalists, I'll bet they've got huge contact lists because everybody's connected to their Twitter account and they're liking them on Facebook and so on and so forth. And then we can actually spread it through the schools and the colleges and by going after the educators. And they went after those two first. Just that alone tells me that somebody sat down and said, how can we make this spread as fast as possible? And they, they did some serious and put some serious thought into this. Highly, highly sophisticated. I don't think we'll see a repeat of this for a long time. I'm trying to find out what Google is secretly doing to run these people down. I think what's going to happen here is this has become a matter of pride for the administrators and the, and the super users, and I like to call them the router gods at Google. I think we're going to discover exactly where it came from and how it was initiated. And I think that if that happens... That should send a chilling message through the entire hacker community that you can be caught. Yes. And I think that that's way overdue. No question. Because uh, these are faceless individuals that, that hide under the guise of the World Wide Web. And, and, and they really work in mysterious and sometimes very shrewd ways. But as USA Today pointed out, Doug, Hackers are savvy, but they usually get one or two details wrong. And in the bogus email, as you pointed out, it went to one million people. Gmail users were asked to open in Docs, but an official email request would have put in the Google Docs blue logo. That's so, right. So like any criminal, they're never perfect, that's and that's right. how they get caught. That's exactly right. And, and for years and years and years, I have always said, every time I click an uplink on my browser, 
that first network packet that's going up to the web is carrying my individual IP address. So they now here's the problem. Think about how many clicks are being done on the internet. To find that one network packet is going to be an enormous task. I think Google is going to dig through those packets and find that initial packet. Once they find that that original click, it's it's going to unwind in a matter of minutes. And they're also Google has also proposed at this point that that particular initial network packet that gets sent from everybody's computer is is going to have some semblance of a of an identifier and be saved on a database. Won't have anything to do with security. Won't have anything to do with people's names or numbers. It will only record the sending IP address. I love that concept. Absolutely love it. It will put a stop to the the majority of this nonsense. As sophisticated as these guys are, we cannot control that initial network packet leaving our computer. Nobody can. So that's going to get interesting. Yeah, and and uh, you're right. And the, the, these hackers, they can be uh, you know some smart people. But one thing I've learned: you never poke a bear with a stick. And in your words, they, they've poked the wrong bear here oh, they in did. Google. That, that's a grizzly. Well, you know, when you start attacking Google, Microsoft, Oracle, when you're going after somebody big like this, you, there's going to be. Re- I I hate to sound like an old cowboy, but. There will be blood. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be uh, repercussions out there in cyberspace. All right. The calls and texts are pouring in again, 651-989-9226 in the Twin Cities Metro, 866-989-9226. That is the toll-free line. Ron in Minneapolis, you're on Tech Talk with Doug. Great. Thank you for taking my call. Happy Certainly. Saturday. And hey. you know what, guys? You should be doing your show outside today. Well, you know, if you could get us set up on the roof, it would be awesome. <laughs> I have lobbied for a retractable roof in this venue, Ron, but they won't uh, They won't cave into my demands. Yeah, that's CCO for you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to make this question uh, as clear as possible. I use Microsoft Outlook. I have three separate emails, one for my personal account, then uh, two, two other ones for different businesses. Sure. Is so when I go to send and I send out a lot of emails. So when I go to a certain party's last name, you get that big drop down box. It's getting convoluted. Is is there any way I can separate the names into the appropriate email account where I'm not getting all the names in different? Uh, am, am I making myself clear? You, you are. <laughs> you know, and that that is actually, in my opinion, one drawback from Outlook. Um, if in a Gmail account, you can actually select what account you want to send it from. And I believe with different versions of Outlook, the earlier versions, you could do that as well. But it takes an extra click and an extra step every time that you do this. If I'm not mistaken, depending upon your version of Outlook, I believe under the settings there is a, a a way that you can actually use individual mail servers as your sending server. And I can't recall off the top of my mind which one that is. Give me a call next week and we'll connect up remotely and, and I'll take a look through your outlook and see if we can get this sorted. I know what you're dealing with. I'm almost tempted to say, listen, use each email account as a web-based service and have three different browsers open instead of using Outlook. But we'll discuss that more when you give me a call and we connect up remotely. And thank you for the call and enjoy the weather. And 
Hopefully next year this time we'll be up on the roof. Yeah, yeah. We're going to uh, try to make that happen. Just a picnic table <laughs> is all we really need. Yeah, today that's all you need. And, and wires. And now, and now the new trendy thing is to have, uh, you know, green roofs. Have the grass on the roof. So there you who go. Knows? You could get a putting green up there, Doug, and practice your golf game while you're answering tech questions. we got a lot more coming up. Give us a call, 651-989-9226 or 866-989-9226 or text us. 81807. We have a couple of texts that have uh, come in, so we'll get to that after the break. 64 degrees, fair skies in the Twin Cities on WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Postcard-like day in the Twin Cities. Wow, 64 degrees, fair skies, very little wind. It is uh, three and a half miles an hour. That's it. So no breeze. 123 Tech Talk on a Saturday. Stevie T has the weekend off. Eric Nelson in a little earlier today. Of course, Doug Swinhart, always here to answer your phone calls or your text messages. And we have a couple of uh, that have come in on the text line, Doug, at 81807. Uh, any follow-up on the Mac hack I emailed you about last week? This is from a texter. Boy, I think I answered that, but I don't remember what I what what it was. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this particular hack was actually going after the operating system itself, and I recommended that they get Sophos S O P H O S. If I'm remembering the right email, I think that's it. Um, there are several companies that will give antivirus and malware protection to the Mac. Generally, I I don't think that it's necessary, but this is changing. Uh, We might see a day where even the Mac operating system is going to be more vulnerable just because more people are working to get at it. Uh, With that said, I would be very selective about the company I put on with the Mac. Sophos would be probably my first choice. ESET, Enod, ESET, great company. Uh, McAfee, I'm sure, has something for the Mac, but I'm thinking Sophos or ESET would be my choices for a Mac. And I I wish I remembered the exact email, but they, they caught me at a blank moment. So this, is, this is what happens. You <laughs> that, start getting that's older. That's rare. <laughs> uh, curveball. Uh, kind of froze you a little bit, but it we're going to get you back on track here. Edge is locked up. This is another text. The phone number looks bogus. Can I delete Edge? Uh, you know, here here's the thing. If you're running Windows 10, Edge is a part of that system. You really just got to just move it over to the side and don't use it. Hopefully, you've downloaded and installed ClassicShell.net. Once you have that on your computer, you can click your little start button, go to Programs, and go to Accessories, and you'll see Internet Explorer if you need uh, a Microsoft browser. In addition to that, I think your Edge would be fine if you downloaded, installed, and configured SpyBot Active Beacon. And just go to Google, a search page, and type in S-P-Y-B-O-T space active, A-C-T-I-V-E, a dash or a hyphen, Beacon, B-E-A-C-O-N. Download and install that and immunize your system. I think you're probably going to clear up the problems with Edge. By the way, Eric, I should say, too, as you know, Stevie and I really promote Google Chrome for a browser and Firefox. I have to admit that Edge is a good browser. 
Edge is probably the best browser that Microsoft has come out with, and people are liking it. It's fast. It's clean. To me, it's kind of a Google Chrome copy, but it's better than Internet Explorer. They did a good job with this. Um, if that condition persists, make certain that you get CCleaner, which, by the way, there's no longer a free version of CCleaner. You can get a trial version, but everybody should buy it and pay for it and have it anyway. It's that good a program. And between SpyBot, Active Beacon, and CCleaner, I think that this condition with this individual's Edge browser will clear up. All right, very good. You can call us as well, 651-989-9226. That's the uh, Twin Cities Metro number, or 866-989-9226. That's the toll-free line. Let's uh, cross the scenic St. Croix, go into Hudson, Wisconsin. Brett is on the line. Brett, are you on a boat on the river today? It would sure be a good day to be doing that. <laughs> no, actually, I'm sitting in front of my computer. My wife just fired it up, and uh, there's a little problem, I think. Well, what's going on? I'm looking at the screen. Uh, when she fired it up, it didn't even really start up. It just came up with a screen that says your computer can't start. A really funky-looking screen, and then it started running. We're... We're repairing, we're repairing. And then uh, this other one came up after that stopped, and it says uh, it's got an HP symbol, Welcome to Recovery Manager. And then um, it's got two boxes, one right and one left. I need help immediately. I'd like to take precautions. And then right at the very bottom left, it says CyberLink. You think that this is? Uh, I I think you're actually into the HP recovery screen. I'm good. Is this a laptop or a desktop? This is a desktop. It's Windows Seven. It's about four or five years old. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to get out of this screen and shut off your computer completely. I'm gonna also tell you to unplug it from the wall, push your power button in, and hold it in for about 15 seconds. So make sure it drains everything out. Plug it back in and give it another shot. If it takes you to the same place and it talks about a recovery, there will be two types of system recovery, one that saves your data and one that doesn't. Make absolutely certain that you are taking your time and reading those screens before you proceed. And if you need my help, you give me a holler and we'll get together and we'll get this thing squared away. But you've got it sounds like you've got a damaged boot sector. Uh, Hopefully your hard drive is still intact. I think it is because your HP recovery system is already moving forward. Cyberlink, if I'm not mistaken, should be the software that is used for your DVD. If you guys have set up recovery DVDs, which most people don't, and you shouldn't need to proceed with this, that's probably why that's in in RAM as well. Um, Just move forward, move slow, When in doubt, don't. Uh, If you can't get the one where it's going to save your data, stop. Give me a call next week. We'll get your data off this thing before we completely strip it and reinstall Windows. And thank you for the call. I wish I had better news for you. All right. Well, we're going to continue to take the calls and read the texts. Again, 81807 if you want to text us or 651-989-9226 in the Twin Cities Metro, 866-226 toll-free line. Uh, We're going to break. When we come back, we'll get to Mark in Plymouth. He's been getting a lot of solicitations, and I know that really bugs you, Doug, so you're probably going to go off. It's 1.30 here on WCCO. Fair sky, 64 degrees. 
Tech Talk on a Saturday, one thirty-six in the Twin Cities. Text us at eight one eight zero seven or call us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or eight six six nine eight nine nine two two six. Take us out on the deck and uh, chill out, enjoy the weather, and uh, give Doug a call. We do have a text, Doug. Would you recommend Google Chrome over Safari for a Mac? Oh, I think if you got a Mac, you're going to have to have both of them. But you can't take anything away from Safari. Uh, Safari is Apple's browser. They've come a long way. Every year it gets better and better and better. I think every Mac owner should have Safari as their main browser. They should certainly have Google Chrome, and they should certainly have Mozilla Firefox as well. That Those three on a Mac is without question your best combination. When I'm on a Mac, my first browser, I'm going to open up Safari. If I'm going to be looking at my Gmail account, I open up Google Chrome. If I'm opening up any other one of my email accounts or if I'm just surfing, I may even open up Mozilla Firefox. The more you use multiple browsers, the more convenient you will find it to have specific sites being pulled up in one, specific sites being pulled up in another but there, you can't take anything away from Safari. Safari is a great browser. And, and, and you can download Safari for the, a PC as well, uh, but most people just don't bother. But, yeah, it's a great browser. There's nothing wrong with Safari. All right, Mark has been waiting for almost nine minutes. He's in Plymouth. Mark, you're on Tech Talk. Hey, Doug. Say, uh, you kind of refurbished a couple of machines for me a, a year ago on New Year's Eve. Oh, good. And you recommended, and you recommended a, a program that would kind of do an overall analysis of the program, but you warned me about all these other pop-ups that were coming in. Okay. And they're coming in all the time. Yeah, now. I, um, I think what you're referring to is advanced system care. Um, for Windows 7 machines, I was actually using the free version of advanced system care, and I'm not certain what happened to IOBit, the company that actually owns advanced system care. But a lot of the updates... When Advanced System Care first came out, if your temporary files were getting out of hand or your system wasn't configured optimally, you'd get this cute little pop-up down the lower right-hand corner, and it would say Fix All. And you would click that, and it would just automatically work. One button. Somewhere along the line, IOBit, and I, I hate to blame the bean, bean counters, but I think they're probably, probably to blame for this. When we click that Fix All button, it would automatically download and install IOBit malware um, and driver booster and the paid version of Smart Defrag, which is exactly the same as the free version of Smart Defrag. But the IOBit malware fighter and the driver booster, they were promoting the sale of those two. And I, I saw, I, I feel that these two do more damage than good. If you've actually downloaded those and installed them by accident, underneath your Zips folder, you will find a program called Revo Uninstaller and use Revo to get rid of them. And at this particular point, I would even have you re completely remove advanced system care unless you got the paid version. If you've got the paid version, just no longer download any of the other stuff and you're going to have to run it manual. If you don't, if you got the free version, get rid of it completely and download and install uh, CCleaner. Unfortunately, CCleaner is no longer free either, but the 
trial version will work for 30 days, and I'm going to start recommending everybody buy Sea Cleaner. It's well worth the money. And thank you for the call. And if you need some help, Mark, give me a call next week, and we'll connect up and rock and roll. All right, very good. Thanks, Mark. Let's go to Mound, where Robin is on Tech Talk. Hi, Robin. Do we got you? Yep, I'm here. What can we do for you? Okay, so here's some background. I work for a small company, and this is regarding my work computer. Um, We have have Windows 10 on the computer, and we all use a specific CRM for our company. Mm -hmm. My computer, however, um, whenever I have a number of tabs open from this particular CRM, including Internet sites and whatever else, gradually the screen starts to, and I use the technical term, go wonky. (laughs) So what happens is the fonts start to fade or the colors start to change and it gets blurry and all kinds of funky things happen. So the first thing we did was uh, the IT company that works for us replaced the video driver. That didn't work. Replaced the entire computer tower. That didn't work. Replaced the monitor. That didn't work. Replaced the cords. That didn't work. And then last week, he completely rebuilt my profile because he thought, well, maybe it's it's something in my profile. That didn't work either. So everybody uses the same CRM. Everybody opens number of tabs. I'm the only one that's having this problem. Yeah, yours. This CRM that you're running. I'm going to guess this is a web-based package, and when you're opening up a browser and you're opening up multiple tabs, you're actually connecting through your single account multiple times from this machine. Am I correct in assuming this? Yes, that's correct. This would be, you know, my, you know, it'd be a wonderful test. What would be a wonderful test is if I could get a Linux computer in your hands and you could open up a web browser and log into those same tabs to see what would happen. I give me a call next week. I'm going to make this happen just as a test. Um, as long as it's a web-based program, you'll have to check with your uh, system administrator because we don't want to be stepping on any toes. Um, I can actually give you a laptop or something you can test out. Uh, I, I I have a feeling it's going to run for you in Linux. Here's the thing: Linux is much much thinner, much more secure, and we don't know exactly what's happening here. But this CRM, you, it doesn't require Internet Explorer or Microsoft Edge to operate, does it? Did I lose her? Hello? Robin, did, that, yes. it does, does it require Internet Explorer or Microsoft Edge, or can you use Firefox or Google Chrome? Yeah, but yeah, you can use anything. Yeah. I want you to give me a call next week for absolute certain. I'm going to get a computer in your hands so you can test it. The, and that, this, is, by the way, is just as much for me as it is for you. I want to see what happens here. In addition to that, these people who are working on this, your CRM is contained within the browser. So it really doesn't have any effect on your memory or anything like this. This has something to do with the transfer and how much bandwidth you've got, but it certainly should not have any effect whatsoever on fonts or how your screen goes wacky. It just should never, ever do that. I'm... I'm really thinking this possibly could be a Windows thing, but give me a call next week and we'll definitely get together on this. And this one's going to be interesting. It's the kind of stuff I live for. Thank you for the call, and we'll get you squared away one way or another. All right, have a good weekend, Robin. 
Call us up, 651-989-9226, 866-989-9226, or text us, 81807. Back to the text line, Doug. Uh, since I moved my Windows 7 computer, my mouse and keyboard keyboard won't work. What should I do? Well, that's bizarre. I, I think I would be unplugging them if they're wired and plugging them in a different USB port. Um, if it's a wireless, I'd be checking at the batteries. But moving a computer should certainly not have any effect at all on hardware. Unless they put it into a desk or they somehow have blocked the RF signal from the little wireless dongle. Um, this has got to be environmental or some type of physical thing that got missed. Maybe a dongle didn't get plugged in, but that's moving it across the room or to a different place in the house should never, ever have an effect like that. I I don't have a quick, easy answer. We'll um, give my number out at the end and make sure some of these people give me a call next week. All right, one more text that came in recently. Uh, just curious, does Netscape even exist anymore? Oh, that's cool. Mozilla Firefox is the original Netscape people. When you're using Firefox... You are actually using what Netscape has become. So the answer is no, but yes. Mozilla was the original Netscape people. They morphed into Mozilla and Firefox and Mozilla Thunderbird several decades ago. The great text, though. People still remember. Netscape, as you may or may not remember, Eric, was the original web browser. That was the first. And then the battle with Microsoft began, and, well, the rest is all history at this point. So Netscape was the, uh, Number one the trailblazer browser, for the first. getting onto the World Wide Web. Yep, they spent years and years and years in development. Huh. And uh, they put it out on the market for sale for thirty nine ninety five, and it was selling like popcorn. And before they ever saw Black Ink, well, then Microsoft came and said, we want to buy it. And, well, that didn't work out, so Microsoft somehow magically came up with Internet Explorer and gave it away. But it's funny. It's funny how water has a fu- it's finds its own level over the years, isn't it? Yeah, it always uh, it, it it does seem to work that way, doesn't it? Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we've got one more segment to go. Give us a call. Twin Cities number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or toll free eight six six nine eight nine nine two two six or text us eight one eight zero seven. It's Tech Talk. On WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is Tech Talk on a sun-baked Saturday in the Twin Cities. 64 degrees, fair skies, very little wind. Doug Swinhart in the house for another 10 and a half minutes. Doug, it always goes by at warp speed. Oh, it's uh, incredible, isn't it? We can duck in another call if you want to give us a ring, 651-989-9226 or 866-989-9226. Uh, we will go right back to the text line. I have an iPad 2, which I've had since 2009. It is extremely slow. I've removed most apps and things in storage. Is it just old and needs replacing? You know, it's hard to say, but my guess would probably be Yes. Um, if you're dedicated to that piece of machinery, and it's probably a great, great machine, I don't know enough about the iPads two, iPad 2s, but I, I do believe that there was an operating system upgrade. But if it's, if it's really getting to that point and you can't clean it up by doing a factory restore, uh, it may be time to be looking at another one. And let's face it, that's a pretty good run for something you're probably using each and every day. Yeah. 
probably all day if you're using it for music. So I um, hats off. That baby doesn't owe you a nickel. Yeah, you got your money's worth. You oh, milk you that bet. cow, as they say out there uh, uh, in the barn. Okay, uh, we have we know about Facebook. Now there's fake Facebook, fake book, if you will. This has become a big thing. USA Today is uh, is not happy. Gannett, their parent company, about some fake Facebook accounts created with their name. Yeah, this is. Um, I have just recently learned about this, but this is going to be real interesting. When this thing first started, they thought that people were actually creating fake accounts at Facebook. And part of that was true. But this is going to unwind to the, And I got to tell you, I think Facebook in the next six months to a year is going to have some huge challenges. This particular fake Facebook accounts is really going to raise havoc with their advertisers as well. I, they're going to have to really shore up the... Shore up the security on this thing. Does Facebook need to uh, recalibrate? Are they at a point where maybe they need to, you know, make a turn? We, we've had some bizarre things come up in a negative sense with Facebook. Well, you know, when Facebook decided to make itself just so easy to use your Facebook account to log into new places where you're surfing the net, just use your Facebook account. Well, many people were using their Facebook account and they were actually using their Facebook password to create that new account at whatever web location that was. That's really not smart. And Google actually started this with their with the Gmail accounts as well. You can do that. But Google went to great pains to explain to people, you know, do not use your Google password or your Google Chrome password or your Gmail password in the same login, because this is like going into a different house. It's going to need a new lock on the door. It's going to need a new key. Uh, and that's and I understand we're all bombarded with passwords today and login credentials, but a lot of this stuff is really important. Um, keep record of your passwords, but every secure location you go should have a separate password. And they should never, ever be the same as your Facebook password or your Gmail or Google password. Facebook, I think, has got some serious challenges, as does Google with Google News. Fake news is going to get to be a huge issue. Hmm. Well, who's going to decide what's fake and what isn't? So that we've got some enormous challenges coming up here, and I, I think Facebook is right up to their neck in all of it. So it should be interesting. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> and we're going down it quickly, it feels Well, like. and you know, and even though I'm, I'm in, a, in a technical position, I actually haven't accessed Facebook in probably five years. I, I don't think people care where I'm dining. I don't think they need a picture of the food I'm going to sit down and eat at dinner. I, I, to me, it's just a little bit much. It's just overkill. I, I totally concur. Yeah, you and know, I've, so and, uh, and I think I've, I've that, this, that same, uh, this wow factor of, of, of Facebook is getting to the point to where now then they shuffled and they went to the online videos and you already know some of the issues that are happening with that. Some good, some not so good. Um, I think it's good to have information, but I think it's also important that we have all the information. And a lot of times these videos that we get are just the section that people want us to see. And that's that's never a good thing. If we're going to have transparency, it's got to all be displayed. And then you're going to be borderline back on the question of privacy 
and what should we do and what shouldn't we do? And uh, the questions coming up in the next five to 10 years are going to be enormous and they're not getting any easier. All right. uh, Let's go back to the phone lines. Wyman and Shakopee, you're on Tech Talk. Hi, Doug. I appreciate your show. Just well, a quick question regarding uh, advanced system care. I know a couple years ago you um, used to recommend it on your website anyway, indeed. and I have the paid version. Oh, and good. And I understand now that you would recommend when my year is up to uh, get rid of that completely and, and go with Sea Cleaner? Yeah, yeah. About, about probably two weeks before it expires. Um, and if you've got this thing set up so it's an automatic renewal on a credit card, I think I would have you contact your credit card company and just get a new card number. They won't charge you. Make absolutely certain that you don't have an automatic charge. And about two weeks before expiration, uh, take it off completely. Use uh, Revo Uninstaller. And if you need my help, give me a holler. I'd be more than happy to help you. And get the paid version of CCleaner. I love CCleaner. I was a huge proponent of advanced system care until they started sending out all this other extra nonsense. Uh, the Most people with the paid version are really in pretty good shape as long as you tone it down and are cautious, cautious not to download driver booster or malware fighter. You don't shouldn't need extra malware uh, protection. Once you're set up and you're rolling, that should be it. And thank you for the call. I hope that helps. Yeah, we appreciate it, Wyman. We're not going to have time to get to Dan in Apple Valley, but hopefully next week he will call back as Tech Talk will uh, be back at the normal time, uh, 1 o'clock here on WCCO. Doug, always good to see you, and uh, we learned a lot today. Ah, thank you so much. And if people need to get a hold of me at 651-552-9543. And, of course, you can always find me at WCCOtech.com, WCCOtech.com, 651-552-9543. This is WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.